Welcome back to another episode of Quarren Stream, yet another Cinesnob podcast. I am Jared Kingery. And I am Cody Viafania. We are joined once again by our guest, comedian Chris Cubas. Chris, welcome hey, back. Hey, 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 thanks for having me. So, uh, Chris, as a stand-up uh, comedian, tell us, um, how have you been dealing with, with that aspect of your career while being locked down is it something you've tried to do at all or, or is it just sort of on the back burner absolutely not i <laughs> i it looks like a nightmare every like i don't like podcasts hell yeah let's do all the podcasts in the world and right. I'm, I'm launching another one here soon but the like that new like zoom like zoom stand-up looks like just the worst experience like <laughs> no thank you and i've turned down some like actual shows like clubs have like tried to book me for a week and I'm like no i'm not i'm not passing on a, i'm not coming out to fucking eat chicken wings in a pandemic i'm just not <laughs> yeah. doing it yeah. so yeah i'll just like i'll we'll get back on stage like and i'm not i'm not saying like i get some people or whatever just have different takes and like if you can find a way to do that Zoom stand-up thing, like, and you enjoy it and you get something from it, God bless you. Like, good for you. But I will be over here recording podcasts and watching shit in my house until <laughs> we have a vaccine or something. Because yeah. yeah, for sure. Like, we- it's like the worst thing you can be. Like, a room full of people exhaling repeatedly. <laughs> like, it just seems like the worst place to possibly be. And it's always close quarters in a club. Like That's it's the whole always, point. If it's a yeah. good club, it's like low ceilings and everyone's right next to each other. A hundred percent. Is it uh, um, uh, the shows you've been offered? Have they been local or has it been like travel shows? A little bit of both. And like Texas, go fuck yourself, obviously. Like we're <laughs> yeah. COVID, COVID hotbeds. So Why doing shit here? But even the other ones, like I'm not tra- like I. I'd have to drive. I'm not getting on a plane to come to your fucking comedy show. And then like, it just seems, I don't know. I don't need it that bad. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I've seen um, all kinds of different things be tried. Like the zoom shows. I think we've had a couple guests that have tried that for comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen out uh, like on Facebook. I mean, on Instagram and stuff about uh, outdoor shows, like in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're doing those parking like, lot shows. Yeah, standing in the back of a pickup truck. <laughs> it yeah, seems... and I, I've seen some people do like drive-in theater shows. That kind oh, of yeah. seems like that could could it, it, work. It's a good idea in theory until you realize and watch the videos and see that people are honking instead of laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sounds. Uh, I have not watched the videos. Is that true? Oh my god, it is god. very true. Oh, that sounds horrific. (laughs) They have to figure out a way. There has to be some way to like, at least I haven't been to a drive-in in a long time, but it used to, is it, it used to be like they'd have that speaker by the window or whatever. I'm assuming now there's some like... It's a radio, turn, You turn right? to a radio station yeah. or whatever. Yeah. There has to be a way to put a mic by the car to like pick up on laughter. There has to be something because honking is just not going to fucking work. <laughs> Imagine how like terrifying that is the first time when you're not really expecting <laughs> it. Like when you're just kind of zoned in on telling your joke and then just 30 cars start honking at you. Oh, geez, I, I, I know so I'm... Cool. I mentioned this on a on a uh, another episode, but you know the Zoom shows are happening. But also, I've seen like um, like the Laugh Factory in L.A. has a stream where they have comedians come up and do sets, but they're just in an empty club, and the comedians can't hear the audience on YouTube, and the comedians are playing to an empty room, so they're playing to silence. So all of their jokes are being hit with silence, no matter what. So they could be killing, and they're met. They don't hear God. anything. And that sounds <laughs> terrible too. 
How uh, how often would you um, would you normally be out uh, either on the road oh, or here in town? I mean, Chris? more like yeah, yeah, a few days a week at least. Like as a rule, like I try to get up as much as possible. So it is definitely a change of lifestyle. But like I feel like we've all had to make that change of lifestyle. So the idea that like I, you can't sacrifice this one thing it's just it's just a larger symptom of our whole problem of people not willing to sacrifice a little bit of what they're used to so like yeah i'm 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 good (laughs) do you how how quick you mentioned you know until there's a vaccine or or something do you think that stand up in clubs will be something that comes back later like it won't be something that that you are comfortable to do or that the audience will be comfortable to do i I think once we're I think once I think the audience will be back almost immediately. I think people want to yeah. go to stuff. I think it's an easy, cheap thing to go to for the most part. I don't. I, I think the audience is not going to be the issue. Uh, I think it's it's just a matter of figuring out how we can do that safely. And I think once you figure out whatever whatever the new normal is, stand up will just work its way around that. Um, how long that's going to be? It just means I don't know until fucking everybody stops starts wearing a mask and stops yeah. fucking going to comedy shows now. Like just stop going <laughs> now so we can eventually go forever. It's just yeah. that simple. Literally being spread at the at the comedy club here in San Antonio. COVID. Yeah, 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 being yeah, spread. yeah. Oh yeah, that was the Brendan Schaub and uh, Brian Callen thing, right? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Crazy. I yeah. I don't I don't even know how they're technically open, but. Because, yeah. well, in, in also, Texas, no, sorry, no, you're fine. Uh, you're fine. I was gonna say uh, Brian Callen's got some other issues. <laughs> yes, well, he does. <laughs> tr- yeah, COVID's the least of his worries right mm. now. Um, yeah, uh, the uh, the the state has al- the TABC Texas Alcoholic Beverage Commission is allowing bars to like reclassify themselves as restaurants. But I thought that That's was if they. Open. I thought that was if they had fifty one percent food yeah. sales no yeah right. that's they have to they have to limit alcohol sales now oh they have to i oh, can okay. see that right because you already have to buy two items yeah. like two drinks or whatever and they've always said food could be part of that at most comedy clubs so like yeah, you make people what, buy a food item or whatever it'll all work itself it's out. typically what i get mm-hmm. i get typically get food and a drink when i go to a, a comedy sure. club yeah, 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 yeah. That, i don't i don't i don't drink too much but uh yeah, I guess now they have to severely limit how much they sell or raise the prices on because it's like something like fifty one percent of your sales, right? Mm-hmm. So you could sell it cheaper. But that also means that the comedy clubs are op- are technically trying to operate as a restaurant, right? Sure. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the whole point. Is there and there's there's bars that are doing it too in Texas, and it's a it's an interesting loophole that the state is allowing because the whole point is to just not have people it's not about drinking it's about having fucking people not going out right exactly um i've my wife and i have tried to eat we've eaten at restaurants twice i believe since this all like Mm -hmm. reopened and it it was very socially distant it was also just kind of weird yeah it doesn't seem enjoyable to me like we i haven't been to a restaurant since the way my girlfriend's still mad. I made her go to a Luby's, like <laughs> maybe I'd never been to Luby's before, and oh, wow. we we're like, I, we're gonna do it, whatever. So we went to Luby's, and this was like maybe the beginning of March or whatever. It was like right. It's the last place we went to sit down in a <laughs> restaurant before like the quarantine happened. Uh, and we do takeout once a week, like every Sunday we'll do takeout. Uh, but yeah. like I'm, I haven't been to a restaurant since, and it doesn't seem like I like. 
it just seems nerve wracking. Like I wouldn't, I don't know that I would enjoy myself if I'm that like, could, oh, oh, are you taking, you put your mask down. Do I have to put it back up in between bites? Like, how do I do this? It just seems like too much to me. Yeah. Uh, we, um, we went to a, uh, a mighty fine burger, mm-hmm. which, uh, that's a local chain sure. here and it was pretty empty in general. But then I'm like, well, I got to go to the restroom. Do I, I guess I got to put my mask on to go to the restroom. Like right. I, um, by the way, how did you, how did you like Luby's? Uh, so my girlfriend, I liked it significantly more than my girlfriend, although <laughs> I have a, grew up eating trash. So that's yes, exactly. reasonable. Um, but I also have weird, I, I like liver and onions. Like Ooh, I grew up eating, a- I grew up eating that as a kid cause it was like poor people food or whatever. So like, uh, I got liver and onions and I enjoy, and I never get to have that. So like I enjoyed <laughs> it, but then I also realized most of the other food is like, exceedingly bland because it's made for old people or whatever so like <laughs> enough everything needs salt and pepper it's not the best place in the world will i go back once the quarantine is over and we're allowed to do it yes a hundred percent oh yeah hopefully you'll, you'll be able to <laughs> between yeah, their yeah, bankruptcy yeah, issues yeah. and the fact you'll, that it's just an open area of food <laughs> you'll uh you'll you'll probably see me and my wife there because my wife absolutely loves Luby's, and I do too. Mm. Um, and I think whenever, it's, or, you, you grew up in Texas. Yeah, it's a I very th- Texas thing. I think mm-hmm. that's what that is. Yeah. When uh, when when we go, we're routinely the youngest people. Oh yeah. Oh, we building. were the youngest people by like, <laughs> by, like outside decades. of the outside of the the wait staff by yeah. a couple of decades. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure. yeah. And it's always been that way. It's weird. And I, I this is like weird, kind of stoned slash whatever thinking like i've been going to luby's for 30 years now as growing up here and it's always had old people but the old people that are there now weren't old back then right so did they just go because they get old or is that something that (laughs) they were you right you're (laughs) not so you're not old they went when they were your age and they've continued to go and now they're old Okay. <laughs> they were the people who were sense. like, "Why are we so young?" And then suddenly you blink, <laughs> yeah, and there you are. Exactly. That okay, is that makes right. that makes great sense. I eat the fried fish all the time there. That well, fried fish is pretty, so good. I bet it's pretty good. And it's it's in a square shape, so you know it's <laughs> yeah, not yeah, natural yeah, at yeah. A hundred percent. I remember seeing it. It looked like a looked like McDonald's hash browns. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does look exactly like that. It's so good. Though. I, I have no doubt. I the, liver and onions. You mentioned that. That's like. Um, there's very few places that are still like that, like that super, uh, like, kind of uh, 60s, 70s era, like, food. Like, the liver and onions has almost disappeared entirely from yeah. well, I the think conversation. It's like depression era food. I really think it was like a particularly I know, yeah. like old. I think my parents ate it. My mother ate it because par- her parents ate it, and, like, they're just old as shit. So, like, <laughs> I think I grew up and had affinity for it. But, like, you can't – it's – it's hard to find liver at the grocery store. Like here in Texas, you can get like chicken liver is pretty easy, but like calves mm-hmm. liver or cow liver, it's just not a thing. Like you don't see it at the store like that. So I, I just think it's like gone away. And I feel like it's going to be one of those things that foodies then like retake, like take over and now it's going to be expensive. <laughs> like you're going to have to pay $20 oh. for liver and onions and I'm going to have to be very angry. That's uh, that's the old story with fajitas mm-hmm. is the fajitas were like the shitty skirt steaks and then like the white people came in and were like oh this is good and then it became a you know a premium item yeah i mean that's the way everything like it like 
oxtail, like everything that's yeah. cheap and bad. Like white people then like call it farm to table and charge. <laughs> Short ribs are like the tough, oh. all those tough meats or whatever yeah. are just like you think if you cook them right, they're good and they can then charge you extra money for it. It's uh, um, I'm wondering if uh, those like weird gelatin dishes are ever going to come back. If you ever looked at, like a 60s. <laughs> yeah, though, I think that might be the lie. Like aspics. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get a lot of that. Weird <laughs> shit. Oh, man, I haven't heard that word in a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like or like a ham salad made with jello. Like mm-hmm. what the fuck? I think I think you probably get that at Luby's because <laughs> they have really some, some really suspect salads that I don't know that anybody's eaten regularly since, you know, the the initial run of uh, ma- the match game. Like, <laughs> well, the 60s uh, really redefined, like the 50s and 60s really redefined what could be classified as a salad. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. this is whipped cream. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, that's a Midwest salad or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's whipped cream and cherries and peaches. And like, or like carrots. There's, there's like whip, sour cream and shredded carrot, and somehow that's a fucking salad. Like, stop. yeah. If you go to Luby's, the salad section, which I never get something from, it's mm-hmm. like the first thing you get. There's like this, like mint green blob of something, mm-hmm. and I still don't know what it is. Like, I wonder, is it like pistachio? I don't know. I have no idea, and I never want to ask because I, I I don't want them to think I want it. I just sure. <laughs> yeah, don't accidentally put it on my plate, please. Yeah, this <laughs> thing is looks disgusting. There, and then there's another. Yeah, like you said, with carrots and something sweet. Like yeah, yeah. no. Um, yeah, so, um, anyway, uh, anything else you wanted to know about comedy, Cody? Um, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I think that sounds so stupid. Like, oh, anything, like, <laughs> like it's a class. Like. Well, no, I just, it's always been, I, that's one of the most, more interesting things about talking to the, as many comedians as we had is that everyone seems to have a different approach or mindset as it, as it pertains to like the time off, because some people have been using the time off as like a, as a break that they never would have taken otherwise Mm -hmm. and it's been a good thing for them and some people were kind of going crazy not being able to perform and you know it's i I just always interested to hear like perspective on that yeah Yeah. um so let's get uh get into the meat of the show here um last week we recommended some films to you actually cody did because you had seen all of mine and um cody had two you hadn't seen so uh let's recap those cody it was it was uh, Inside Lewin Davis, the uh, Coen Brothers uh, music movie, and uh, and Blade of the Immortal, the Samurai Logan-esque uh, kind of movie. Okay, so Chris, uh, without further ado, which one did you pick? Uh, surprisingly enough, I picked Blade of the Immortal. <laughs> yeah. Nothing, I could have got, I, nothing against Inside Lewin Davis. I will probably watch it sooner rather than later. I'm a Coen Brothers fan. It is a it's one of the few of theirs I haven't seen. I actually don't know. I'm trying to think what would the other one be and I can't think of one. I'm pretty pretty good on like those movies. Even the like the Ballad of Bless- Buster Scruggs I, I kind of saw. Yeah, I saw that too. And it, it was fine. I liked parts of it more than others. I think that's a yeah. pretty universal take on that. But like I think one inside Lewin Davis, I had I have done no research. I know nothing about it other than your pitch, and it's not not an insult to your pitch. I just remember seeing the trailer, and mm-hmm. something about the trailer put me off, and I don't mm. know what it was, but there was something about the trailer that I was like, "Meh, I'll get around to you." And I think <laughs> it also did that movie come out around the same time as that, like, um, uh, what's the movie where Joaquin Phoenix is dating a computer or something? 
Oh, oh her, her, her which I also him. have never seen. I feel like they came out around the same time, they, and I completely yeah, they came out the same made, year. I might have made that up, but I feel like I've conflated them. I like I saw the trailer for oh. her, and I was like, "Fuck this movie! I'll never watch this." <laughs> uh, and I haven't yet. Whatever, I'll probably see it eventually. I like, loved her, but I know a lot of people did. But like, I there's didn't. something I saw it, and I was like, Ugh, "I'm not." It just didn't strike. I just it put me off. And for some reason, I have that feeling associated with Inside Lewin Davis for no good reason at all. Ah, I will absolutely get around to seeing Inside Lewin Davis probably within the next week. Nice. That being said, I pick Blade of the Immortals one hundred percent. And God damn it, am I glad I did? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So tell us what tell us what your thoughts are, and we'll get into it. That movie is awesome. Um, I do have some, I have some questions. I have some, I don't know want to say issues or whatever, Sure, but man, like, and I, I'm a, I know I've like, no one is, I don't know anybody who's seen every Mike movie, but I've seen quite a few. Uh, I'm not new to his films. Um, and, but I hadn't seen this one and I'd kind of been putting it off. So this is an excuse to see it. And it is. One of the things where I watch it and it kind of makes me go, do I watch, do I try to start watching anime? Do I commit to (laughs) doing that? Do I become an anime person? Because I love this movie and this story and these characters. I think it's great. I just don't know if I can pull the full anime trigger. I've been in that same boat before and I just can't do it. My sister can. My sister's into it. But I've tried that before and I just... Yeah, and and this did become um, just... so people know this did become an anime TV show, um, Blade of the Immortal, um, and it's based on a on a on a manga or whatever. That's that right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was great. I don't know any of these actors. A lot of times in these movies, I'll like, oh, I'll, I'll know that older actor from some other samurai thing or something that I've seen. I watch a, a fair amount of sort of martial arts movies and stuff, but I didn't know any of these people. I thought they were all great. One second. <coughs> Sorry, coughing. Um, I I did have I what I. What I really enjoyed about this movie, and this tell me if this is a weird take, he is maybe not the best swordsman <laughs> in the world. You know what's funny is that I didn't remember that the first time I watched it, but I watched it again today, and I was like, you know what? He's not he's not that good of a samurai. <laughs> he's good. He's only good. So it opens with that crazy where he kills like a hundred people, right? Yeah. And then he gets killed. So. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, there's a, a a samurai. He kills people. He kills a bunch of people who try in a fight because they the, their boss has killed his sister. And then he, a, a old witch puts a worm in him that turns him immortal and makes his wounds heal. That's the Logan uh, comparison is very apt. Yeah. Uh, so it opens with this scene and he kills like a hundred people, right? Uh, and he's I'm like, oh, this movie's going to be about this guy who's like the best swords fighter in the world. He's great. But then when it like. He comes back and he's like, and we get to the meat of the movie, which is him hunting down this like clan of killer swordsmen or whatever. Every time he has to fight one of those, he would have lost if he wasn't immortal, <laughs> right? Like yeah. if he is not an immortal guy, they all get the first deadly wound on him, right? Yeah, yeah. If he, if he, it, like his best asset as a fighter is that he's immortal. <laughs> like, it, like, like all of like he he takes fatal shots in nearly every fight that he gets in. Yeah, every particularly when he has to go up against 
a one-on-one fight with one of these major master assassins, right? Every yeah. one of them is better than him. They all stab him in the heart. One of them cuts <laughs> off all his limbs. Like, there's like, they all beat him. He just then happens to win because they go to walk away assuming he's not immortal and he <laughs> then stabs them in the back or some shit. Like, that's literally how he wins all those fights, which I thought was actually kind of an interesting yeah, hero. Sure. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, um, I mean, obviously, it's it's got some great coordinated scenes, but also it's 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 excessive, but kind of in a in a in a fun way because I mean, look, that that first scene is crazy. I mean, he literally kills a hundred people, and then towards the end of the movie, you see a scene that sort of mirrors that in a way, sure. which is an epic scene, by the way, that Super that last epic. battle. Yeah. Um, and uh, and man, it's 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 got a lot of great like like severed limb stuff in it. Uh, it's super bloody. It's- What's interesting though is, and when you had pitched it to me, part of the part of the pitch was like it's like kind of over the top gore, like a lot of blood, like like a bloodbath. And I don't super know that it is. There's a few scenes, but even these crazy scenes, like like the final battle where he kills all those people, until they're all sort of dead. Like a lot of those are just like very old school samurai deaths in movies where like you see him swipe the sword, they spin around and grunt and fall to the ground. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of sort of just that in this movie. And then you see like the after like puddles of blood on the ground. It's like they, he, I did laugh when he like slips the the two of them slip in it at the end. Like uh, (laughs) there's like those moments, but like I, I don't. It was, I maybe I just built it up in my head, but there. It, I didn't think it was nearly as as brutal as I, like or sort of bloody as I was expecting it to be. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of the sort of limb moments are 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 laughs. They're 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 I, I big gags to me. The 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 there's a moment where the villain. Uh, so he's hired by this little girl, like you said, to. Uh, to avenge her father's death, who's been killed by this clans of swordsmen that are trying to become the best, like the most renowned swordsmen in the world, or whatever. Um, that that man, that the sort of head of that clan, has to fight this other guy at one point, and you see him like do the swipe at the guy's midsection, and then the next shot is that guy like crawling away, grunting, and then it pans back, and he's just in half, like he's just <laughs> does, he's like just from the waist <laughs> up, he doesn't have a bottom anymore. I laughed out loud like there's a lot of gags like that i think in this movie that are just yeah genuinely funny bit like beats i, I think so too and you know what it's funny because I, I you know i hadn't seen this movie in probably two or three years and um and i think w- what you know the way that i remembered it was was just like those bookended scenes where i think maybe maybe like the body count does not necessarily match the amount of like super like bloody i mean i think it is bloody but i I think yeah i think you're right it's it's certainly not a gore fest and i think one of the one of my main problems with the movie is that it's 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 like kind of like aggressively long uh it's like two hours and 20 minutes and there's a it's the story is dense um even though it's not complicated there's just a lot of it uh and um and i was i was surprised thinking back uh and uh, in, in, in seeing that and um, but I think yeah I mean like it's got a huge body count and um, and I think you're right I think a lot of those deaths are super over the top I can't remember there's there's one in particular where um, where like there's a guy on top of him and then you hear like a noise and then they like I think they pan back and you see like five swords through the guy uh, like that was one gag that I that I found 
I, I mean, there's a lot of gag. Like, for starters, I do want to say you are 100 percent right when you say it's aggressively long. Two hours and 20 minutes is pro. I, it's you could probably get this movie down to two. I think like, sure. uh, it, it did feel a little long, and not that it so much dragged in moments i never felt like particularly bored by anything but i did there was a couple times where i looked at my watch and was like jesus christ there's still 45 fucking minutes in this movie um but there's like whole subplot like that whole thing with the guy who has the blood worm poison yeah that goes nowhere and it takes up 15 minutes like it's not sure it's not a short sequence it's fun and like i like that he hacks that dude to, like the the gag of that guy's limbs all falling down is like funny but it it comes back and it doesn't i thought for sure it's gonna pay off in some way where the yeah. bad guy's gonna find this fucking blood worm poison or something no not at all doesn't come back in any way shape or form yeah yeah so uh chris i can tell um you obviously liked this movie so yeah, uh, uh, do you, Cody, is there a point thing or something? You guys Cody gets a point for that. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, you should definitely. But get then a we point. knew Cody was going <laughs> to get at least one point, so Cody gets two know, points I'm, this week. I'm glad you liked it because I, I I remember because like I said, this was my first ever movie at Fantastic Fest, mm. and I was like, all right, I'm in because Fantastic Fest I think had a different connotation for me for a long time, and so actually walking in and having that experience, I was like, okay, if if I can get like ten of these, I will be a happy customer here. It also definitely seems like something like. To see with the crowd would have oh, been sure. super fun. I remember seeing uh, uh, the raid two. I saw oh, the, we, I, they did a back to they did a double feature raid to raid two when raid two came out. Uh, yeah. in Kansas City at the draft house there when I was working at the draft house in Kansas City, and like seeing that in a crowd is like cheering and yelling. Like mm-hmm. it, it's like exactly what you want from that experience, and I could see this being very much like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was great. I highly recommend it to anybody that can like, yeah, as long as you can handle some arms being cut off that ultimately the other problem with this movie and it's, it ultimately it's high, it's high, low stakes, right? Mm-hmm. In that you have this, like, I really like the relationship between him and Rin, the little, the, she's not little girl, but the young girl, um, his sort of like growth is good. But at the end of the day, it's not called Blade of the like pretty tough guy. Like it's <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's Blade of the Immortal. He, yeah. He's gonna be all right. So like there is a little bit of like it's almost like the fight scenes aren't ha- like if he's gonna live, but like how, which is fun, but yeah. it's just like ultimately less there's like I'm never like super concerned for it. Yeah, they they sort of play with the idea of of you know like you know the bloodworm poison. So they sort of play with the idea that maybe he won't his immortality is is you know at stake. But you know you're right. I think it, it never it never really comes into question in a in a major way. And and by the way, just a quick aside uh, that you mentioned the raid too. I'm I'm I I like the raid fine. I fucking love the raid too. I that movie is so good. Well, they did a great job. They they did the what I like you want from that movie, which is to take the sort of universe and expand. Mm-hmm. They did what uh, I would say like the John Wick franchise has Absolutely. done really well, which is take build and expand upon that universe and like make it more interesting. Yeah, I think the the Ray Two is like exactly that. I need to go watch uh, this Gangs of London show. Uh, that's Gareth. Gareth Evans is the Raid, right? Am I crazy? Yes. yes. Yeah, that's, right. that's his. He has a show called Gangs of London that I think oh. is maybe in on like the BBC or something. Hmm. But apparently, it's like Gareth Evans is fuck. So I definitely have to check that out. Nice, cool. 
Uh, so moving on, uh, Chris, you recommended a film for us. <laughs> uh, the Chuck Norris action film, uh, Invasion USA from Canon Films. Of course, uh, yeah, Golden what did Globus. You, what did you guys um, think? Produced. Cody, you go first. <laughs> yeah, well, you know... Uh, as far as Chuck Norris goes, I, I I similar my my dad had on you know on rotation when I was growing up Chuck Norris, Steven Seagal, you know Van Damme, all that stuff. So I, I don't know that I have ever seen this movie, but it's been like two decades since I've seen anything Chuck Norris, and I was I was not sure what to expect uh, watching the movie, and then like fifteen minutes in. Uh, a guy gets <laughs> shot in the dick, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, Billy Drago multiple, gets shot in the dick. Billy Drago gets shot in the dick like three times. Like, it's not just <laughs> once. And not just that, but like pulling his pants up and then like putting the gun in his pants and shooting his dick. It's it's. And I was like, okay, so we're in for an over-the-top thing here. And uh, it's funny that you said... Uh, that you you know calling it Bazooka USA because if we're if we're judging based on the amount of explosions in this movie, this is this has to be the most expensive movie ever made, right? I mean, like, well, like what's so great about this about this movie and sort of movies like it is that like there's a lot of explosions, but that's just because they really blew up some shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's no CGI. They actually and like if you look into the making of it or whatever. They was there. They found like a town, not a town, but like a, like a little suburb or whatever that was set to be demolished, and they just blew it the fuck up. <laughs> so like all those houses and shit, that's just a bunch of houses that they blew up. It's, yeah, that's crazy. That's awesome. like a real neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. they just blew yeah. up a real ass neighborhood, and you can't. No matter how good CGI gets, you can't duplicate real stunt work like that and real effect work and like Chuck Norris driving his Jeep into a mall and like <laughs> all of that shit is just exact. Like it's just so much to me. It's just like way more fun. Well, and, and, and not only that, but actually, and this is the, the craziest thing about the movie is that it's like competently made like it's like like visually it looks good and i think that's again that's because they're you know really blowing up all of this stuff and so every explosion as over the top and ridiculous as it is like looks and is real so uh, i really appreciated the fact that it was like competently directed and, and like seemingly had a budget behind it which i you know sometimes in those movies in these types of movies you don't really get um and similar to that, this is the type of movie that just kind of like doesn't get made anymore. Um, that that feels like it died like in the early to mid '90s, where you know it's it, and actually the premise is actually not a bad premise either, um, <clears throat> which is essentially well, that that like the, it is. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I I I agree with you, but please continue. Yeah, I, well, I mean, it's basically you know what would happen if there was like an assault on the suburbs, right? It's like someone invades the the United States and and then like takes out malls and neighborhoods and stuff with bazookas and but it's also like accidentally woke like it is not woke it is like there is racism galore in this movie but it's also like accidentally progressive in moments where like so what do they do right the bad guys like uh dress up like cops and go kill a bunch of Latinx uh, Mexican guys, right? But, like, it's also like the Mexicans are used to being harassed by the cops. Right. Yeah. Like, they at one point go, oh, you're different than the guys that were here last week or whatever. So, like, there are these beats where it's like, oh, you're kind of like, you're, you're there's a Twitter account there's a, there's a Twitter account that's, like, accidentally leftist and it's, like, <laughs> r- right-wing Republican people saying shit that's, like, accidentally socialist <laughs> or whatever. It's very funny, but that's, like, this movie very much is, like, 
accidentally right at times. Well, and to to Cody's point, I mean, this is just kind of a not as good Red Dawn. Yeah, in, in a sense, it is a not as good yet almost better red dawn based <laughs> on how what criteria you're judging it by sure are you I mean, making, judging is red dawn a better movie with better developed characters and better acting a hundred percent does this movie have an entire army oh, absolutely does it have a bazooka versus bazooka showdown it has a <laughs> couple of those so yeah maybe this movie's better and i i gotta say the fan boat stuff was pretty awesome yeah love a fan boat i love that he's just like lives in a swamp for no reason <laughs> there's no backstory to it at no, all no he just has some old swamp friends that they like the and like what this movie does great and like, i would say the closest we have to this is those like has fallen movies like the oh like, yes like, like white house or angel Angels Fallen, London's Fallen. There, it is cl- like those are as close to this as we get. We're just like a foreign army is invading our land, and somebody has to kill them all or whatever. But like, not only does is like the fan boat stuff is great, but like when Chuck Norris, he does Chuck Norris wrote or at least has writing credit on yeah, this he's, movie. Yeah, he's got a screenplay credit, yeah. And he doesn't give himself any lines. <laughs> he knows his strong suits. He wrote himself very little dialogue, and that dialogue is often just like, time to die. That kind of shit. It's great. That So um, the, something I want to talk about with that, I don't know, I assume this is from the source, but uh, I watched this on uh, Amazon Prime, and you did too, Cody. Mm-hmm. The mix on this movie is fucking terrible on the audio. <laughs> that is yeah. true. So I'm having to, like, like there's explosions, and <clears throat> I'm having to turn it down because it's blowing out my speaker. And then I it, it hits back to, uh, gets back to, like, a dialogue scene with Richard Lynch, um, who is barely barely whispers anyway. <laughs> and it's like, it was um, maddening to ride the volume on this thing. Excuse me, but uh, you are right. It is, um, like Cody mentioned, it's like they don't make this kind of movie anymore. And it is, um, like, really well shot. Like, you mentioned, uh, Chris, the the neighborhood blowing up. Like, there's a scene, like, the the camera follows the truck leaving that had the the bazooka guy in it. Mm. And then the camera just still, like, the same shot pans back up. And you see the little girl that had climbed the yeah. Christmas tree and like escaped the explosion. Like that's a great shot. Yeah. In this movie that's ridiculously over the top. Well, there is something in this in the sort of like canon of it all, and by that I mean like the canon filmmakers, not yeah, the canon yeah. of the storyline. But like it's almost Corman esque in that I think there were a lot of talented people working on like getting their starts on these movies right the way yeah. like roger corman had like james cameron and all those people like mm-hmm. historically got starts. i think a lot of people like worked on these movies because they had a bunch of money to throw around for god knows what reason uh so you do get good shots and like competent filmmaking in a way that you don't with your asylums and your yeah. other movies but the other thing this movie does great for me is like they your villains are so evil right they're just <laughs> the worst people so like you there's no they don't try to make like the rock is a great movie right and part mm-hmm. of that is great because ed harris while you may not agree with his methods 
he has a valid argument, right? Like you, yeah, he's, he's yeah. a villain with a valid argument who goes too far. There is no valid argument. This movie, uh, the villains in this start too far and just continue to get worse. But the scene where that guy shoots, where the, the villain shoots that guy in the dick, he also like shoves a glass cocaine straw up that woman's, <laughs> yeah, woman's nose. nose. <laughs> it's brutal. Like it is so over the top villain that when Chuck that so that when Chuck Norris is. As bad as they are, he is equally as I will blow up. I'll kill a hundred people if I have to. It's fine. They're just name. They're just faceless bad guys. Have at them. You know what I mean? It's it, yeah. It's funny you say that because because like it is. It is the the one thing about it that was truly staggering to me is how brutal it is. Like mm. you have these bad guys uh, in this movie who again are invading. Uh, you know, invading the suburbs basically and shooting bazookas into homes with families, like just <laughs> yeah. unassuming homes with fam. Like they didn't do anything; they're just completely it, like just in Miami somewhere. Like yeah, that's where it's at. yeah. It's like just a Mi- they drive to a Miami neighborhood and blow up a bunch of houses. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's brutal, man. It's 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 crazy. Blow up a bunch of houses like on Christmas. Like they just they, <laughs> yeah, they yes. can't not make it every stake. Like it is heightening at all times. All right. So like, are they blowing up a neighborhood? Sure. Are is is the house they're blowing up have a child that's trying to put a star on top of a Christmas tree? Yeah, hundred percent. Let's do that too. The uh, the thing that 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 uh, got me though is how um, you know kind of in the post uh, terrorism on United States soil world that we live in. The idea that everyone was just kind of chill about it. There was um, so much going about your fucking day <laughs> happening while also there were... I'm sorry, my phone just decided to make a bunch of noise. Uh, while just like, yeah, going about your day while also knowing that your country is being invaded by terrorists. Like and there's then, literally landing ships. <laughs> and like complaining that you can't get the groceries you like. <laughs> That's like a part of it. It's like the, it's like the store shelves are empty. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> You can only get twelve items. Yeah, yeah. and then the, then here comes a like random uh, guys dressed as soldiers just shooting up the like it's like real petty weird like gangland crime like it's not a it doesn't seem like a coordinated terrorist attack. Yeah, and like I don't a hundred percent know their end goal. Like I get, I'm assuming <laughs> yeah. it's take over America, but you're not going to do that with. Let's call it two hundred guys. If that, yeah. like, it's probably one hundred and fifty guys. Like, you're not gonna take over the whole country. Maybe you get Florida for a minute, but like, eventually, we'll just come take back Florida. They, they, it, it, their their goals are not well defined. They're just sort of <laughs> there for villainy, which is kind of great. Yeah. yeah, and the 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 whole thing like about like him being an agent being called out of retirement. Like, there's no. Like there's just the the lack of backstory is is kind of refreshing in a way because mm-hmm. I don't really need to know anything, but it also has a, leaves a lot more questions than answers. Like, well, why is he living in the swamp? How do they know how to find him? <laughs> I mean, it's one of those. It's you obviously you can never think too too deeply in things like this, but it it does open up so many questions. And it also has it, it has that Rambo esque thing as well, like, of like how Troutman is always like, well, at least in the second and third one or whatever, it's like. Uh, his old boss has to come get him out of retirement or whatever because he's the <laughs> only person that can like stop these guys. Yeah. Except like 
there we have original movies. Like we have the we have First Blood, so you know this character. You're actually right. already pretty sympathetic towards him. So when he is forced back out of retirement, there's stakes. This is just some dude in the swamp. His life seems better <laughs> if he doesn't have to actually wrestle an alligator. At what point he does that? Like it's such a wild choice. Yeah. yeah, and then they murder his they murder his friend who like had some weird like social security scam running too. I, yo, I don't know what that. What they're so they don't. That is one thing though. You have to give this movie. There is no dead space. It's like everything <laughs> is there. Like every person has some bit of business to do. So is he a friend? Sure. Could he just be that? No. He also has to have a social security scam going <laughs> yeah, on. And he, and he runs a tour boat business. And... Yeah. This little girl is she just in front of the house that blows up? No. She also has to be decorated Christmas tree like there's there's uh, they have to <laughs> yeah, give everybody choice. something to do and I oh, love it. Uh, oh the truck he drove into the mall yeah it was impounded but then he stole it back again <laughs> off screen <laughs> <laughs> but uh I, I, all in all I mean I, I it it was a, a fun watch because it is so ridiculous though by the end I couldn't really tell what was happening yeah oh yeah, yeah agreed yeah that, um, that's what I was gonna say I couldn't tell at what point who was who yeah, who are the good guys yeah. now? Like, because yeah. everybody was wearing army fatigues <laughs> for sure. I think you're just supposed to guess that the brown ones are mostly bad, but then they're <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah, also probably, some of them are Russians. I don't. It's hard to tell. Well, yeah, there's like Russians and then like uh, uh like Cuban like, uh, stuff, right? Right? Yeah, uh, there's yeah, there's Cubans and um, I guess Vietnamese. It's wild. Uh, I guess it's just any commie, any communist they could throw. But then also, what's great is like. Yeah, that's true, but then also there's like nine tanks. Like this movie just yeah. has such a budget that they're like, oh, it's almost like somebody was like, oh, I got a guy that has some tanks, so I could get them on the cheap. And they're like, fuck yeah, bring tanks. Like, let's <laughs> yeah, bring do it. every. T- and then like, <laughs> I think the like the, the craziest part is like the U.S. military does never fight back with like their superior weaponry. Right. Like they're still sending troops in. They're not like flying jets over and carpet bombing or <laughs> yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's just like, well, they picked tanks and soldiers, so we're gonna do that too. Um yeah, this is uh I, I'm I'm sure my dad has seen it. I I hadn't realized this is kind of this is where the iconic image of uh Chuck Norris with the twin Uzis yeah, with that leather strap yeah, came from. Because yeah, I've seen that a bunch of places denim like sleeveless denim shirt yeah uh, like oozy holsters yeah like weird straps like they, it's like they're strapped together and they hold the oozies i don't understand like i don't if is that you a real want, thing what's wild too is like if you I, I ended up watching uh there's a fashion reality competition show on amazon prime called like let's say making the cut i don't remember but something like that right and uh i am not a fashion guy but i have learned a fair amount about it from watching not a fair amount that's a wild exaggeration <laughs> but i've learned a handful of things and one of them is that the that strap looks very much like there is like a a in sort of gay street fashion culture, this sort of harness that is worn, and it's not an S and M thing. It almost looks like a like a holster you would wear, like a shoulder holster that a cop would wear or whatever. But if you look at fa- like, and that has just gone into fashion in general. So like Michael B. Jordan wore a very similar looking like harness to like the oh. Oscars or whatever. It looks like that, but at the time, way like that would have just been like West Hollywood gay like a hundred percent. So it's such an interesting choice for him to be wearing it. There was a guy in my high school um, who was um, a Hispanic guy mm-hmm. and very much into like the like the kind of uh, 
what would you call it? Like the 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 Hispanic gangster culture, mm-hmm. but like the Godfather style, like dressing really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he had one of those things he wore, but it was like a little purse. <laughs> nice, I like. And it that. was, I mean, it was like he was in my gym class. So this this dude, like the, all the mystique was gone. Sure, you see yeah, the gym yeah, yeah, yeah. Still can't do a pull up, but I guess yeah. You. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but he has to put on like this every day. He'd have like a like these like tapered slacks and like a taper tuck shirt. Yeah, yeah. And he'd put on this little leather strap thing, holster looking thing. It was so crazy to me. Uh, and that was in like 94 right. or whatever. So, uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Thanks for the pick, uh, Chris. It was, it was it's fun fine. to watch. Um, that is available on Amazon prime. Now, if you want to watch it uh, again, you're going to have to ride the levels, on your, <laughs> whatever you're listening to it on. Cause it's so all over the place. Um, so yeah, that's going to wrap up our show. Thanks a lot, Chris, for joining us. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. It was a good time. I'm glad to come back. Um, give me, uh, give us, uh, some plugs real quick before we go where people can find you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm at Chris Cubis on all social media. You can, uh, follow, go to my podcast canceled. We watch TV shows that only lasted one season. There's a couple hundred of those. Uh, so you can just put that wherever you find podcasts. It's up. Uh, you can get those. Uh, if hey, This is a wild one, but if you live in Austin, Texas, and you need a meal or know someone that needs a meal, my partner Maris and I run uh, Red Beans and Rice like Yours Austin. There is a sign-up sheet goes out every Tuesday at noon at a Facebook group. So go to Red Beans and Rice like Yours Austin on Facebook. You can sign up, and a meal will be delivered to you on Sunday. Awesome. Very, very cool. Yeah, it's a lot of um, a lot of people doing uh, what they can right now, and I, that's a that's a great program yeah for sure um you can listen to us on our other podcast the cinestop podcast we are uh reviewing uh, new release films mostly vod crap so you know the best it's not uh, it's not it's not look look hey, we're question, all are you are you gonna pay 30 dollars to watch mulan when it God, comes that's, on disney that is uh something i've been trying to f- debate um you know because normally doing this this gig we get to go to press screenings sure um, but since this is, this pandemic has hit, like the big stuff, they won't send you a screener for. Yeah. Um, so we've had to, you know, we've had to buy it. <laughs> Some fucking, uh, publicity company or whatever messaged me and was like, Hey, you can watch the new. And it was that like Stephen Carell, I think written by John, uh, by John Stewart. Movie yeah. That came out oh yeah. Ago. And they're like, Oh, if you review it for us, you can, you get to watch it early. There's no money, but you get to watch it early and then yeah. plug it on social media or whatever. And I was like, that sounds like a horrible thing. Why would you make me do that? Okay. It was not. It was not a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't seen it. Past, but uh, yeah, but you know, it's uh, yeah. When they, when they want to, yeah, trying to trade up, but like, it's normally a pretty pretty sweet deal for us. You sure. know, we get to see it on a Tuesday night or whatever. Yeah, but they haven't offered that for anything that's not that they wouldn't have already offered it for before. Sure. Mostly, so I'm gonna guess Mulan is is gonna be pretty held held pretty close mm-hmm. to the vest by them. So. We'll have to see what happens. Um, For sure. But yeah, it's September 4th, right? Yeah, it's I pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah, 30 bucks. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know if I want to see Mulan for 30 bucks, but... Yeah, I think we talked a lot about how, like, I think for VOD movies, the sweet spot is like f- like fourteen ninety nine is like a, probably yeah. the perfect amount. 30 mm. is crazy. Yeah, that yeah. seems like a lot. 
But that's but there are people that are like oh, I need my kids to fucking watch something, something get out of my hair. Just not I'll Hamilton again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they've watched Frozen. They've watched Frozen two. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, also, you can uh, find us on our other podcast, uh, ReMCU, where we are rewatching the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which of course is on Disney Plus as we're talking about it. So most everything, I think. Uh, Cody, what else? Uh, I'm on a podcast called The Ramble on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays with comedians uh, Jerry Rocha and Eddie Pence. Cool. Uh, Chris, again, thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, it was for a lot sure. of fun here. Yeah, I had a good time. All right. On that note, I am Jared Kingery. And I'm Cody Viafano.